Welcome into Rick Renner, Texas High School Hysteria, powered by Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. Subscribe now and follow on YouTube, Twitter, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Odyssey, or any of your favorite streaming platforms, and never miss an episode. Joining me now, the king of Beast, Texas, a man who has had, as head coach, has won 21 of 24 playoff games and made three trips to Jerry World and those state championships and coming off of his first state championship as the head coach of the Gilmer Buckeyes, the one and only Alan Metzel, one of the greatest dudes in the state's history. I'm so happy for you to win that title. What's it been like around town? Are you still walking on clouds? Because I'm hearing some people think you're walking around on water. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, it feels really good. You know, the the clouds are are nice right now. Uh, the sky is blue. The grass is greener. And uh, Christmas was wonderful. Uh, you know, it it's just, it's awesome. And it's so much fun to see so many people enjoy it. Uh, you know, everybody walks up in Walmart and says, you know, greatest Christmas ever and all that. It, it just, it's fun. It really is. Well, it's the fourth title in uh, school history. It's always mm -hmm. about state championships there. The expectations are so high. You mm -hmm. know, nine state championship appearances. You've been a part of seven of them as a head coach and, and also as an assistant. Um, how special is all of this when, when you think about all the work that you put into it? Well, it's always more special uh, the more that you invest, obviously. Uh, and then when you have seasons that you have all kinds of adversity and those kind of things, it, it, the, it makes the victory that much sweeter and you appreciate it uh, every step of the way. You can look back through the year and see uh, the low points, so many teaching moments for the kids. It, uh, it, it just, it's amazing how that, that inverse process works. You know, the harder it is sometimes, the better it is. And so uh, just soaking it up right now. Winning your first one as head coach, is that ring going to be special? I mean, you got to make that thing look like a hubcap, don't you? <laughs> you know, uh, the, the ring for me is just symbolic. It, 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 I will appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I'll enjoy having it. Uh, but, you know, it's symbolic of the people. It, it's That's what makes it worth something to me. And so that, that we get to put that on, it's a connection to this team, this, this year's coaching staff, the community. And uh, so it'll have that year 2023 on it. And that's going to be rich. The part that was really rich to me was after you won, everybody wanted to make a big deal of, of you winning it. And you were like, it's not about me. It's not mm -hmm. about the kids. Mm -hmm. It's about the city. Why, why uh, did you feel that way? Well, our city, it's, it's a throwback you know, uh, to, uh, communities of old where that everything worked around that Friday night, you know, the, the Friday night hero or the Friday night light lore. And, uh, we, we still have some of that innocence, you know, uh, because we're a small rural town and it is the thing to do in town and you don't have all the distractions. And so, uh, that's part of it. You know, then you had, like I said, that with the, some of the adversity we had, the way the town just poured out their love and, and uh, taking care of our players and being there for them and those kind of things. There, there's such deep connections. And so it when, you know, when I get to turn around at the end of that game and look up into those stands and they're going nuts, it's a we thing. You know, we won. 
And again, that's what makes it awesome. Let's turn back the clock now to week number two. You're mm-hmm. 0 and 2. Mm-hmm. And yet you still believed that you could do this. Yes. Uh, tell me what you were thinking in the back of your mind. Ever in your wildest dreams, did you think that that team that was 0 and 2 was going to win a state championship? Yeah, I, I really did. And here's why uh, I think having had some of the experiences in the past of, of prior teams that, that went a long way, you know, uh, it, it gave me some confidence in some areas. I knew we had some elite players, you know, a Will Henderson, a Tarrant Tate, some of the, and I could mention some others, uh, Aaron Bell, uh, who are, are guys that are, are really rare. And so you have some of the elements knowing that you could get there. I also knew that I had a group of seniors with high character. And so when you have a group that is very talented and you have guys who have high character and are going to hang in there and stick in, stick together and not uh, implode when things don't go well, then you got a shot. And so we knew week two, this, this season wasn't one of those where you rated number one coming in and you run the gamut. You know, we've, we've had some of those. We're blessed with that. This one was one where we had some things that had to grow. We had to get fixed. We had to improve. And, and it was just, just stay the course, you know, keep working. And they did that. And so, you know, to, to go back to week two, yeah, it wasn't any fun. We didn't like it, but it did push to the forefront areas we need to get fixed. And so we got to work. I know Will Henderson said that about you too. He said, you know, look, coach was the only one that believed that we could do it while others in the community were losing faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that really was something that kind of got the kids going because they looked at you and said, well, if he believes we can believe. Well, I, you know, a coach's job is to provide the vision is to uh, set the course you know, I, I think it's so important, really the, the most important component of coaching, I think, is to win the trust of the kids. And when you win their trust, well, now you can start improving. You can start uh, seeing a team come together, et cetera. And so that I appreciate that trust. Uh, but that trust in Gilmer is, you know, staying in a place for a long time. It's knowing the kids since they've been in elementary. It's coaching their brothers or their dads or their, you know, whoever. I've got the, the pleasure of doing a lot of that. And so there, there's a confidence, not that we don't ever make mistakes or don't ever miss, you know, we do, I do, but they understand we're going to be there and we, we've done things before that have been successful. And so they hung in there. And uh, so when I'm telling them, no, man, you can do special things. I'm not blowing smoke. You know, I wouldn't tell them that if I didn't believe that. So uh, I appreciate that, that there's a trust there and that they put in the work to make it happen. Well, what's really remarkable is what happened mid-season. You're at three and three, and you decide Mm -hmm. you're going to just change the entire defense. I don't think Mm -hmm. I've ever heard a coach Mm -hmm. in Texas do that. You know, you go through all of spring football and all the football leading up to that point. You're halfway through the season, and you change the defense. I mean, think about this. In your three losses – you gave up 71 points to Chapel Hill. They played for a state championship. 62 mm-hmm. points to Prosper Walnut Grove. Nobody even heard of them until this year because they're a new school. They're 5A, so they're bigger. 63 right. points to Pleasant Grove, which is an absolute mm-hmm. powerhouse. Right. And yet you fix the defense and go forward and change it. What what made you do that, and, and how are you able to pull that off? Because most kids at this age can't do that. Well, I think that, you know, it – 
the the challenge many times you find places and where if they're changing all the time they don't have an identity so you know a lot of times maybe the crowd is saying well you need to change everything and you really don't you just need to get better at what you're doing you know that's that's part of it <clears throat> but in our self-reflection in looking at what was going on we were recognizing hey what we're doing that we've done for 20 plus years doesn't fit our guys. It doesn't fit our personnel. And so we're asking young men to do things that they can't do. Well, then you better figure out a plan. And, and I credit Tommy Edwards, uh, my defensive coordinator, longtime assistant here at Yomer, uh, 20 plus years, you know, played on Dangerfield, Dennis Alexander's state championship teams back in the 80s. Uh, he, he knows about winning. He's a great teacher. He's been teacher of the year in the Gilmer district multiple times. And, and he said, Hey, this is what I think we need to do. And we went through it and he told me why. And and this, I think we got these pieces and, but we need to make these adjustments. I said, Tommy, let's do it. You know, you're in a position where, okay, we're giving up points at an alarming rate. We need to do something. And, so we made the, the, the systemic change and got to work. Well, then you got to teach all the guys their technique, their, you know, what their responsibilities are. Uh, you know, you're starting from ground, ground zero and uh, credit to the defensive staff, credit to the guys to embrace that and just start getting better. And, and you saw that the rest of the season all the way through. I think we played our best defensive game week 16. Incredible, just incredible to change the defense at three and three midseason, and then you rattle off 10 straight victories for the state championship. And along the way in the quarterfinals, you take out your nemesis, Carthage. What yeah. did that game do for you, just from an emotional standpoint of being so close against those guys, being in blowouts with those guys, and to finally get over the hump? Yeah, well, it's a team that we respect tremendously. You know, they're, they're, uh, they've earned their reputation. You know, hats off to Scott. He does an amazing job. Darren Preston is defensive coordinator, one of the best in the business, makes us work like crazy. Uh, but, you know, you've lost – we've lost seven in a row to them, you know, and they were on a 29-game winning streak. And, you know, you've got all these things that you're fighting on top of the fact that you're just going to play a really good team in the playoffs. So there's there's mental hurdles that have to be broken through. There's uh, emotional. There's uh, you know self doubt things from from individuals that have played them in the past. Those kind of things. And so the I think the uniqueness of this season, uh, you know, we we got them on the on the heels of them playing uh, PG, which was a big game for them. You know, and and so that was an emotional win. They came from behind and won the game. And so we're playing them the next week. And, you know, our guys, we were maturing, we were growing, we were uh, ascending. And I think those two things hit at the right time. And uh, the, the thing that I appreciate most about our players is they just believed, you know, they just believed that, no, we can do this this year. We're not going to worry about the other seven. We're not going to worry about uh, win straight. We're focused on week 14. And they did that. And, and so as the game got moving and we're into the second quarter and they just kept believing, hey, we can do this. We can do that. You'd hear them on the sideline. We got it, man. We got it. And then they'd make plays and catch up. And there was an ebb and flow of the game. But it always is when you're playing a championship team. Uh, huge victory, you know, huge for the town, you know, uh, 
for me, yeah, it, it, it was personally satisfying to get that win. Absolutely. And I think it catapulted us forward for the next two games. Yeah, and I think about it, all those close victories in those mm-hmm. high-stress, intense moments against mm-hmm. them. And then you think about the state championship game. We talked about that reworked defense and how it got mm-hmm. you guys on a roll. You went mm-hmm. up against the number one offense in the state with right. the slot T, which you don't get to play against every single week. And you, you know, and really you shut them down. I'm not going to say you shut them out. Right. But they right. they were scoring 55 points a game mm-hmm. and right. you held them to 26 points. How mm-hmm. did you pull that off? Well, again, credit to Tommy Edwards. Uh, you know, within, like you say, the slot T, even within the slot T, there's flavors of the slot T. And, you know, Pleasant Grove had been slot T for a lot of years, wing T. And uh, but their their flavor was a little different than than Belleville's. Belleville's was was very extreme. You know, when you play a team, when they beat Wimberley, they didn't throw a single pass. You know, so it, it it's different. Now you got to prepare for the pass, but you also have to understand they're coming at you. And so Tommy just you know completely game plan for them, just like he did week six and uh, after the. Pleasant Grove game and and moving the defense to fit where we needed to be, he moved the pieces again, you know, and so now you had about nine linebacker defensive linemen in the game and really about two safeties and that was it, you know, and great job of, of uh, assignment awareness, you know, uh, of, of understanding because the, in the slot T it's, it's assignment football and one guy messes up and they score. And we saw that on a couple of plays, you know, they, we missed a gap and you pay for it. Uh, but for the most part, our guys just rose to the challenge, made plays. Uh, it, it's an old fashioned roll up your sleeves and go to war game when you play a team like that. And, and they did it for four quarters. Brandon Webb, he was a defensive MVP. He also plays on the offensive side of the ball. How mm. pivotal was he in the game? Mm. He had that big interception. Well, the big interception, and on the early in the game in the first quarter, he also stripped and got the fumble. So, you know, two turnovers against a team like that, that's just, you know, it's you can't overstate it. He Getting us the ball and then we go down and score, and that put us up by a touchdown, you know, uh, huge and then, of course, like you say, he made the interception in the end zone. And then shortly thereafter, Will Henderson breaks the 64-yarder. So you're talking about a 14-point swing there in a game when you won by two. You know, So you know that in a game like that, turnovers are just paramount, You know, especially when a team is scoring 52 points plus a game. Uh, that That's just amazing that our guys played like they did. Uh, and I couldn't be more proud of him. I couldn't be more proud of Tommy and the defensive staff. What an amazing story on the offensive side of the ball. Your quarterback, Caden Tennyson, who uh, took over the reins of this offense as a young sophomore, taking over for his brother, Brandon, who did things we haven't seen in state history. He was an unbelievable quarterback, probably one of the best that's ever played on that level. Um, you can make that case and make that argument. But, uh, boy, I look at your quarterback, the young kid, and him taking over and really never being overwhelmed by the stage. And how has it been so seamless for him uh, and how he was able to grasp it and not be intimidated in all these big games? Well, it's got to help when you sit right beside your big brother, you know, uh, for a couple of years. And so, uh, you know, Brandon's senior year was his freshman year. 
And uh, he got to be at every meeting and every practice. And uh, he was starting on the defense at that time. Uh, so he's, a, he's an athletic young man. Uh, but he got to watch him. He got to see how his brother led, you know, those kind of things. Now, they're two very different individuals. They're, they have different uh, leadership skills. They have different physical attributes and that sort of thing. But, you know, it can't hurt but to see a guy who – and he's very close to Brandon uh, – watch him lead. And so I think for him, uh, you know, last year was tough. You know, when you're a sophomore, especially in our offense, it's not just catch the, you know, take the snap and hand off every play. We're, we're asking him to do RPOs and reads down the field and all that kind of thing. And uh, so it, it asks a lot and a lot's been on his shoulders uh, in our town. You can't ever lose, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> and so shouldering that kind of pressure, it's tough, you know, and he's a great young man. He, yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, young man going to come be there every single day and uh, very proud of him. I, I would say his best uh, games that he played in his whole high school career was Carthage, Glen Rose, and, and then this last game, just this finish of this season. He saved his best three games for the last three. That's how he loves that big stage. And, you know, you couple mm -hmm. that with that great running back, Will Henderson, yeah. a 2,500-yard rusher. That kid always is there, can always get that big yard at the end of the mm -hmm. game. He did it to kind of run out the clock for that right. state championship. Two big fourth downs where it looked like he was going to get stopped, and he was right. able to get that first down. Probably doesn't hurt a little bit that he's got that Olympic track speed either. Mm. Uh, you know, Amazing. a guy who has a state championship in the 100 meters. What kind of kid is he and what kind of leader has he been for you to really lead you guys and get you over the top? You know, Will's not a uh, stand up and make a speech guy. That, that's not really his thing. He is the I'm going to outwork everybody on the field guy. And uh, this year, as we were trying to find our way, you know, and we're three and three and four and three and five and three, and we're trying to take that next step, uh, we're having our captain's meetings, of which he is one. And really, it, it's interesting each year, the tight kids you have, we didn't really have a real vocal leader. And so in our meetings, you know, they're saying, well, I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to do that. You know, they know how to go work hard and practice. But how do I get that other guy? So we started talking about, all right, we're going to we're going to each pick a guy, you know, one guy this week. And you're going to start talking to this person. And and Will, he chooses uh, one of our JV players. And uh, he says, you know, he's been having trouble come, getting here early and or getting here on time, quite frankly. And he said, what do I need to do? I said, well, just go talk to him. Let him know you know his name. You know, spend some time with him. Tell him how important it is. Well, in two days, that kid was there 20 minutes early, you know. And so I walked in and Will is thrilled. He's like, coach, he's here. He's pointing at him. You know, <laughs> he's here. I said, I told you, you know, when when you guys invest into other guys, it it becomes important to them. And, and so his, uh, and well, then he's ready to go get some other guys, you know, and started <laughs> texting people and, you know, cause they're getting excited that, that they actually can affect other people and that there's an innocence there in learning how to lead that is very special. Uh, the, the drive is there, the willingness is there. It's just, so what do I do? And, uh, Will did that. Uh, he, he brought life to every day's practice, every single day's practice and uh our, our backup running back Dervey Smith Dervey uh kind of came from a uh 
secondary role in the past growing up. It wasn't like he had big games all his life and that sort of thing. Well, this year we needed him. And, and when Will went out, Dervais stepped up and he rushed for over 700 yards this year. And the guy that would meet him coming off the field every time was Will Henderson, you know, and his high-fiving him and chest bumping him. And nobody was more excited for Dervais than Will. That That's contagious, you know. Uh, it, it starts to spread into other position groups, you know. Uh, so just he probably, honestly, Will's one of the most selfless players I've ever coached. And, wow. and here's a guy with, like you say, Olympic-level speed, uh, you know. So – when your best players are also your best people, you got a chance to really do special things. It's amazing. Ever since he did that, guys are now working out in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. People are watching you know, this and they're going to work out. <laughs> I love that. It yeah. really felt like you had more size on the offensive line mm-hmm. this year and yeah. more speed team-wise. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Oh, no doubt. You know, and the, the speed-wise, you know, it was pretty unique this year because you're talking about – uh, Will, uh, Tarek Tate, he's a 10, 500 guy. You know, we had multiple guys that were on that state championship track team. Uh, so we typically have some speed, you know, we, we are blessed in that and, uh, makes you a way better play caller, by the way, but, uh, <laughs> it just does. Uh, but this year I would say we had some elite speed. And so that helps then, uh, you know, we've really made it an emphasis after a couple of years ago uh, when we, we couldn't match up with Carthage's line, you know, we just couldn't, they're, they're deep 300 pound defensive tackles. And our tackles are 171 and 168, you know, and they gave everything they had, but the, you just, you, that guy was a half a person bigger than you, you know? So we've, we've spent uh, several years working uh, you know, obviously you can only deal with what you've been given, but working at cultivating that, getting guys stronger, spending time in the weight room, uh, working the lines to uh, be able to match that level of toughness and everything. And, and we definitely saw it this year. And, and it was one of our bigger lines is also uh, a line that really uh, matched uh, some of the better defenses in, in the state. It almost looked like you put on 200 pounds on a couple of those spots that I saw in the previous year against yeah, Carthage, yeah. but that may have played yes. into it that Carthage looks so darn big. Um, isn't mm-hmm. high school football in Texas just amazing that mm. two of the best offenses could be so diverse from each mm-hmm. other where you have the slot T, which was the number mm-hmm. one offense in the state, and then right. yours, which is wide open with a great running mm-hmm. game as mm-hmm. the second highest scoring offense in the state and have those two mm-hmm. meet in the state title game. Right. Right. No, I think it's pretty cool. It really is. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes like when uh, you, you go to different schools or whatever, and people are saying, well, you know, what offense do you run? Well, it really, quite frankly, it doesn't matter what offense you run is, are you running what fits your people? Like we talked about with our defense earlier, uh, you always want to match it with your personnel. You want to match it with the type kids you have. You want to know that well, and then you want to coach it hard. And then, the next step is get it down in all the way in that vertical alignment, your JV, your ninth grade, your eighth grade, your seventh grade, to where by the time they're running these things uh, in, in high school, 11th and 12th grade, they're not busting, you know, on, on things that you would uh, see a lot of times because they've run it since they were in the seventh grade. And so that's when you get that uh, compound interest, if you will, uh, over that six year period. And, you know, uh, 
Coach Rowe at Belleville has done that. He, he has his system, and they do what they do, and you can see the fruit of it right now. And we're blessed in the same way. Well, you come from the world-famous Jeff Trailer coaching mm-hmm. tree, and that tree is getting really big. It might be three or four trees right now. Right. How much has he meant to you? Uh, you know, oh. he's the guy that built Gilmer into a right. perennial power and a state right. championship program. How much has he meant to you? Well, he's one of my best friends. I, I'm sitting on the couch uh, talking to Matt Turner, who is on his staff and was the head coach in between he and I. He came over and visited today, and I'm talking to him. I get a call from Jeff. And I said, oh, hang on just a second. It's Jeff. And I, I pick it up and say, hey, what's going on? And he said, hey, Gilmer's the state champion. You know, I mean, just out of the blue, just uh, he's celebrating still. You know, it, it's uh, it's so special to be connected with uh, with people who have invested into you that uh, we've been through, we've been in foxholes together, you know, going, trying to come out uh, winners in, in tough games. Uh, we've had gone through years that were tough in injuries or tough in, uh, you know, we maybe not as talented teams, those kind of things. And uh, so, you know, when I watch a, a UTSA game, I know what he's thinking. I know what he's thinking because – you know, 15 years, you learn what that guy's thinking. Uh, just it's really hard to uh, put a measuring stick on all that I've gained from him, and I'm, I'm forever thankful. Al, congratulations. Uh, many people are calling it your first state championship, and I just disagree. I think it's your fourth state championship because there's no way we won any of those other ones without you, brother. Uh, I hope I don't get too emotional here, but being on the sideline uh, was one of the best days of my life, uh, watching you and uh, – all my former assistants and former players just out there uh, was special for me. And uh, I just hope you know how much I love you and appreciate you for how you do it, man. You do it right. And uh, God's honored uh, every day uh, he watches you coach the Buckeyes. Proud of you, love you, and congratulations on your fourth state championship, but your first one as a head coach. How special was it that he was on the sidelines watching you get your first state title as a head coach? Yeah, it, it, it's really neat. And he had, you know, a handful of his coaches there. And, of course, several of them coached with me and him years ago and uh, former players of ours. And, uh, you know, again, I appreciate uh, the more that you get to appreciate with others. <laughs> that just makes it better, you know. And so how sweet it is, uh, you know, to be able to do that with people you love. He talks so fondly of you. And I'm just kind of curious, out of all the stuff that you've learned from him, being in that foxhole with him, what's the one thing that's just been kind of a common theme that you have taken forward? Man, it'd, hard, it'd be hard to say one thing. You know, uh, Jeff, Jeff is a uniquely talented person. I, you know, you think, well, man, you're stating the obvious there. But he he's very gifted in noticing talent uh, that maybe other people don't notice you know, skill sets in people that uh, maybe a coach is a little bit different, but man, are they really good in this area? And, and so he, he sees those kind of things and he gives people opportunity. And he, you know, for me, he, he allowed me with like in the quarterbacking realm to, he'd say, okay, here are the things I want. Now go do it. You know, and I got to have autonomy, you know, in that. And, uh, he'd set the vision and then give me the freedom to go and, and explore and go uh, see what we could do, and, you know, those kind of things. So that to me, watching him assess talent is something I'm trying to uh, grow in and be like him in. Uh, then there's, you know, things that he taught me about how to to manage kids, you know, uh, 
yeah, I, I'm, I grew up a rule follower, you know, and, and you got to have them. But, you know, one of the things he, I feel like he taught me is a lot of times people set up rules for themselves. It's not about <laughs> the kid. It's because I don't want the hassle, you know, of whatever. And uh, man, I had to do some self-reflecting there, you know, and, and how to handle kids that are different, you know, and okay. So what is the reason of this rule? Is it just so I, it's easier on me or it's better for the team? I, I think he, he's really helped me grow there. Uh, and, and then I would also say from a, when it comes to like plays and strategy and it played out in the state championship game, he would always say players, not plays, players, not plays. And in the biggest moments of the game, just get it to the player, not trying to come up with your great idea of a scheme. And, uh, you know, in 2014, it was, everybody's like, why did y'all run the draw to Chris Boyd? Well, because we were handing the ball to Chris Boyd, you know, and he ran it in for a touchdown against Gladewater and we go on uh, and a huge win. So the other night, you know, it's fourth and six and we're trying to run that clock out. We just have to pick the play where Will gets, it, you know, and run, run a simple play, but get it to the guy who's going to make the play. And that I think that uh, philosophy has served us both well. Well, I know your wife has been there every step of the way. You guys have been mm. together for 30 plus years. Yes. And she's huge in that community. She's like the queen yes. of Gilmer and the Buckeyes. There you go. Um, right. So, A, how has she been able to put up with you for all these years? And then, <laughs> B, is she almost like an assistant coach for you? Oh, man. A, uh, she's amazing. You know, it's funny. Because when uh, we've been friends since uh, high school, you know, young, uh, I, my dad was the pastor of the church that their family went to. And so I've known her for a long time and wanted to marry her all the way back then. Had a few years in between. I had to work on that. But uh, <laughs> once that took, before we got married, she said, yeah, I don't think I ever want to marry a coach. I'm like, great. You know, this is not good. Uh, but just because she knew the demands, you know, and once I got her to get past that, uh, she went all in, you know, and it, the thing that is, is the key. And, and I say this to a lot of my coaches uh, that are younger and, and uh, married. It, it's such a grind uh, on a family. And, and many times I think the wives and the kids can feel like dad spends way more time with them than he does with us. And for periods of, you know, five months of the year, <clears throat> it kind of feels that way, you know, and uh getting when when she took it on as this is our mission uh this these kids that we're going and investing to this is a family thing and and so she trained our kids that way where they grew up understanding oh we do this we do this for those kids and then it ends up becoming something that draws you closer together as opposed to separating you and you feel like you're getting less than and that that is just critical. Uh, and so what a blessing for me to have someone who sees this profession that way uh, and the value of it. And uh, it, it's invaluable, you know, to be able to come home. And, you know, they you talk about, well, leave your work at the job. You can't leave your work at the job when you're a coach. You, it never goes away. Uh, and she doesn't resent that. She appreciates that and, and is a helpmate, if you will, in that matter. Uh, so, and then your second question, is she like an assistant coach? Now, my wife and all those great things, she doesn't know a single play. <laughs> that is not <laughs> her speciality. That is not it. But she knows those kids 
and she wants to know, you know, their name, their number, who they are, what they do. She writes them, every one of them throughout the year, a note, puts it in the, you know, in their lockers and, uh, you know, she's connecting with them and, and cares so much about the people uh, that, so in that sense, yes, yeah, she's the assistant coach. Love hearing that. Well, I know you guys had a special theme this year. You're always looking yeah. for a new theme. And mm -hmm. I think it was pretty, a uh, really remarkable one that you came up with. And it's called Kaizen. And it, yes. what it is, is it's a Japanese turn mm -hmm. for continuous improvement. Tell me Correct. how you came up with this or if it was players that came up with this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, and how did you guys take it to kind of give you that drive to win that state title? Well, we have a process every year, you know, in the spring as we're going through our offseason and we're building for next year's team. Uh, part of the process is coming up with that team's mot motto for the season. And uh, we've had some great ones through the years. And uh, so the captains are the ones that I usually work through. And so I'll, I'll kind of let them know, hey, let's be thinking over the next three to four weeks, be thinking of things that, that you uh, might use. And I'll throw out some ideas, you know, to kind of maybe spur your thoughts or whatever. And, you know, I, I try and teach them when we're, when we're coming up with a motto, it, it doesn't want to be too narrow. You know, sometimes it'll be like a, a name of a song or, uh, you know, their favorite rapper or whatever, which I, I got nothing against any of those things. And, and what I've tried to explain to them is, you know, we're good on all that. Let's see what it is. But also understand you're trying to lead a community in, in this, this uh, motto with, you know, old ladies are going to be wearing it on their T-shirt, you know, and that kind of thing. And, you know, they may not understand that song or that phrase or whatever. Let's come up with something that everyone can identify with. And uh, so, and, and they take that on, they really do, you know, and they'll talk about it and they'll go, yeah, I love that one, but you know, uh, so-and-so they're not going to get that, you know, they're not. So there, there's a, a several week process of vetting this. And uh, you know, we kind of narrow it down from like seven or eight down to about three. And uh, they, I mean, they're grinding on it. They'll be arguing back and forth. No, I like this. Or I want this. Well, why do you want that one? And, you know, and I'd let them do all that, that I would rather it be more on them because then they have the ownership of it. Then you try and live up to the model other than just uh, something you put on your wall and it doesn't mean anything, you know? Uh, and what is amazing to me is uh, it was one that I had, saved from a couple of years ago in the options or thought category, I'd come across it in a book. And uh, so I tossed out several ideas and they had several that were pretty good and we were narrowing it down and, and that one kept making the cut. And uh, a couple of the players was like, you know, first of all, I think that looks cool the way the word was written. And, you know, so it had some kind of flair to it and that's important. And, uh, but they were like, you know, uh, I think that's going to be like who we are. We're, we're just going to need to to start this process and, and get better. And we want to do this every single day. We want that to be kind of our theme. And I was like, great. I, I really didn't think they would pick it, you know, uh, because sometimes that's a little too philosophical, you know, something like that. They chose it and uh, how prophetic it ended up being, uh, especially like on the defensive side, but as the team in a, as a whole of, we just kept getting better. And, and once we moved to the playoffs, we took a big step and, and then rode that thing, won the game against Carthage. It pushed us into the state championship. And like I said, I think we played our best 
for sure defensive game of the year, week 16. Uh, it could not have been more fitting. Well, now that you won that uh, first state championship as a head football coach, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, I heard John King over at Longview is already complaining that you're getting all the, the you know, the peachy ones, and Scott Surratt's going to have to give up some of the ones he speaks at. <laughs> Are you going to have time for all this? Uh, you know, because you're such uh, a tremendous speaker. It's it's a lot to live up to. Well, I appreciate the compliment, first of all. Uh, you know, I think, uh, first of all, I'm honored if if and when those opportunities arise, like getting to visit with you. I thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you have to be able to put boundaries on yourself, you know, and understand, uh, you know, right now we're enjoying this. But here in a few weeks, we're going to be working on next year's team. And so that has to be that has to be at the forefront. Uh, I think that, you know, getting to do some of those uh, speaking things, it's good. I think the thing that is good about the speaking, if you you do it the right way, is, you know, I say this for myself, in order the highest level of teaching or, or the highest level of learning is teaching. And so that's at the top of that, you know, thing when you're a teacher and you're learning the all the different levels. And so when you put yourself into it and you really care about what you're sharing or whatever, you have to know your stuff and it makes you go back over what you're teaching and make sure you're up on all your P's and Q's and those kind of things. It also gives you opportunities sometimes to let some of the assistant coaches do that, which grows them, uh, get it networks us even more. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things that are benefits. It just doesn't need to become a circus, you know, where it's all about, you know, oh, just getting to be out there and uh, just having the wrong focus. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you speaking at the East Texas Jamboree. Congratulations, <laughs> Alan. I'm so happy for you to win Thank that you. first title as head coach. And thanks so much for doing this and enjoy the you celebration. Bet. I know you're probably already back to work. You got it. I appreciate you so much, Rick. Thanks for checking out Rick Renner, Texas High School Hysteria. Make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. You can catch us on YouTube. Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Odyssey, or any of your favorite streaming platforms. Tune in, and we will see you soon.